Chapter 8. We can all learn from studying the experience of trauma. In my own education and discovery of reconstructing the values of my prior reality with prioritizing what I want in life, who I want to be in life, what I actually value, I realized I felt compelled to revisit, to question these experiences, much in the same way that make me a great passionate scientist because I've had to experience a lot of these things alone, but I don't have to anymore. For the record, two years ago, if you asked me whether I anticipated ever having a blog and comparing it the dictatorship of living under a household with my biological father to a militant regime and undercover operation aimed at trafficking children, I'd probably shrug my shoulders and be like, I bet there's a reason I'd do that. <laughs> I'm well aware of the concerns of going too in-depth in psychoanalysis and um, implanting memories. We've all yearned over Joseph Gordon-Levitt during Inception, I'm sure. Um, that's Therapy doesn't work for everyone, that some people attribute psychology to a field of fallacy. That's great. Start your own blog, you write it if you want me to touch on that. I, however, would like to normalize being able to talk about the experiences that shape you in life as a person and drive your passions, emphasizing what we learn from those psychoanalytical depths, even when it's not pretty. Our culture in the USA reveres the history of our nation's success. We wave our military pride and justify that because we overpower other significantly smaller countries through forced intimidation and keeping conflict on their own territory, that we shouldn't have to address the cultural unrest or criminal injustice within our own borders because we had bigger things to worry about. We call protesters of Black Lives Matter privileged because they should be grateful they even have the time to protest. We call our healthcare workers heroes while simultaneously making their jobs harder by feeling the need for exquisite sushi because you have to stimulate the economy and passing legislation that makes a global pandemic a bipartisan a partisan issue. <laughs> we took capitalism and inserted it into our government such that politics is now a retirement plan for those whose jobs are arbitrarily de- designated as more important and thus more financially rewarding. When in reality, those people were likely responsible for only a few years of actual labor before moving into abstract thinking and having dozens, hundreds, or thousands of people funneled into roles under their control. And because we attribute hard work with financial payout, the fact that they likely had the funds to control every aspect of their life's narrative is negated because they struggled too. So we took obsession with celebrity culture and materialism and idolized it in such a way that reveres Elon Musk for his conspiracy hoaxes on the coronavirus pandemic, even though the guy's genius is limited to the realm of engineering, because somehow him being a billionaire means he would have the best interest in the world at heart, even though the very fact that he's a billionaire means he's capable of understanding how the country functions well enough to exploit it and selfish enough to not care about reinvesting it in his community. But at least he got rid of all 12 of his homes recently. Is it really such a surprise that the global pedophilic ring of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein was operating with frequent U.S. citizens and is well-woven, tangled, dreaded into the political regime of our country? 
And again, how the fuck do you think a guy who still outwardly pledged his support and well wishes for that woman to be innocent? Fuck Trump 2020. I cannot wait until we live in a Black Mirror-esque reality where your public opinion and ability to vote on a national ordinance can both be easily accessible and verified, as well as be mentally connected to the weight of your opinion compared to the trove of your knowledge on scientific fact or accurate news sources. Bring on the Bill Gates computer chips into people's brains conspiracy theory. The average American has a third grade reading level. Some of you clearly need those. Let's look closer at our history towards women. We tell women how we want them to dress, sexually gratifying and consuming the imagery, then call them whores for dressing that way in real life or being firm and confident in their own sexual prowess and pleasure. We uphold lengthy prison sentences for nonviolent drug offenses or make sure to show up for court sentencing over a 15 mile per hour over the limit ticket on a straight, narrow, otherwise vacant stretch of highway but excuse the physical abuse of domestic violence and don't even bother to look for some of the women who go missing because nobody cares about them anyways. We underpay historically women-dominated fields, such as education, so that even if I wanted to teach us a career in Maryland, knowing I could be most useful sharing my knowledge with and shaping the lives of the future generations, particularly within the underserved area I grew up in just outside of D.C., that $46,000 a year I would make as a single fat female with both a bachelor's and what will be two master's degrees for a public middle school math program... One, not the effort, and two, could never support a financially secure lifestyle that I wouldn't have to worry that a single health scare like cancer would bankrupt me. So we entice women by by manipulating their desperation for the attention a free $2 shot brings, then tell them how they should have expected the sexual expectation or assault because too many men now think sex is something you do to a woman and not something you do with a woman. Or that a few rounds of a $2 shot is not equivalent to me prostituting myself for $10. We make women feel as if their only role of value to men is for breeding purposes, yet don't provide them paid maternity leave. Because again, the man should be able to provide for a single family in this heteronormative capitalist society, and they shouldn't end up going back at work anyways. Then we make women who are incapable of supporting viable life feel guilty as if somehow it is their fault, even though it may just be shitty biomechanics. Haven't you seen National Geographic? All of the elephants in a tribe help raise those babies. If one falls into a sinkhole, do you think it matters who the biological mama is? No. We also make women who choose not to have children feel like they're going to regret that choice even though it's likely a combination of the poor availability of men or parental figures in their lives that have created an inhospitable environment to feel as if children are an unwilling sacrifice, or just, you know, the state of the world in general and how massively overpopulated we are, greenhouse gas emissions, etc. So we exploit things themes of daddy issues in a way that mocks women who have had to challenge the authoritarian balance set for them, go to years of therapy over the abandonment issues, 
foster the endless angry insinuations or societal concern that, but he's your father, honey, you should forgive him, you only get one. Even though your disdain is going on 15 years of the 27 in your life and you feel like that is more than appropriate enough time to bury the hatchet and move the fuck on. A few years back, we reached a tipping point where he was a really shitty father for a lot longer than he was a good one. So that's the last I want to hear on that. We criticize women whose entire goal does not involve securing a husband or having children, even though them appearing more attainable is, in fact, an unfortunate psychological factor into boosting their opportunity for recruitment in many industries within the U.S. And since higher-ups roles are still largely held by white males, you have to consider that reality if you want to help infiltrate and change that trajectory for generations after you. One guy recently asked why I talk about the burden of being single so much and whether it actually affects my life. And maybe it's because he's an engineer and people like expect him to be reclusive or at the very least like nerdy enough to not be dominated by dating. But as an attractive woman, it is literally the only thing people ever ask me about to the point where it's obnoxious that it seems like the only thing I'm supposed to care about which is, again, infuriating given that I've helped chemically synthesize an advanced-stage prostate cancer inhibitor or that I have hiked an entire mountain the previous weekend or that I know what the inside of your body can look like and yet dating and my relationship status is, without fail, always the priority because a pretty girl like you must be locked down. So we hear the rights cries of saving the children, but do nothing to actually better the environments that contribute to this exploitation. Environments that largely rely on female submission and do nothing to improve the foster care, public education, or primary care and women's reproductive rights programs that prevent unwanted teenage pregnancies, raise the children that aren't aborted or experience terrible loss, enable physical health management for improved quality of life, and do nothing to actually give back to the community in a physically present way other than the regular financial donations because time is of the essence and your time is valuable and would rather be spent with your family. So you pay for it to be someone else's problem and your bubble of community and faith in Jesus tells you that that's enough to let you sleep at night. Better yet, you just save all of these children now and yet vote for four more years of a future that disadvantages them. But at least they're alive to experience it. But what can we do? Growing up in the public education systems right outside Washington, D.C., I didn't realize that my peers around the country had significantly different history and government classes in their school curriculums. The events of national history and patriotism that I was learning about were happening on the land around me. John Wilkes Booth rode across my farm's land to get to Dr. Mudd's house after shooting President Abraham Lincoln. Every single school field trip was the short bus ride into Washington, D.C. to whatever museum was most relevant in our local curriculum. We passed the buildings where legislation was being passed. The votes were being held. The laws were being developed. And it felt tangible. This guy I fucked like twice over the year and a half that I knew him in grad school has a very amusing kink, which no further details, even though I know he'd be wiping the sweat off his brow if he was reading this, and it does bring a flickering grin across my face, and uh, has uh, gradually divulged, divulged his 
interest in me over the last two years since, you know, we graduated. Mind you, we live several states away from each other. It is consistent and patterned communication, and the guy is a fully functioning member of society for all other purposes. I'm not one to kink shame either, so it was an insulting turn of events that he implied that because of his and my shared sexual interests, I would never be able to get into politics. Sir, have you seen who currently occupies the White House? Things that are normal in society and normal for healthy, moderate lifestyle, especially when we now know just how normal these things are and what the global educated consensus on normalcy is, just should not be stigmatized so much. It should be a natural part to revisit our experience of things, to learn and grow and figure out what it means to be a culturally aware, healthy human. The fact that we even need to specify the necessity to prioritize this abstract theory as if it's some healthy people 2020 goal. Side note, oh, Michelle Obama, you remarkable woman. I am so sorry about this year's trajectory. (laughs) Would you ever have the audacity to sit there and tell a Jewish person that they shouldn't care about the Holocaust because they didn't personally experience it? Or that they just shouldn't talk about it? Or that we shouldn't remove the statues or symbols of Hitler in society? No. So stop telling black people, women, emotional men, literally anyone who tries to empathize and refuses to bend to this idea that the people you idolize were amazing and start listening to hear their stories. Question for curiosity, not to prove your own preconceived thought. Start opening your ears to those in pain around you.